0: is going on this is your man L jamal coming through with another edition of never out of bounds of course this is the place we can say what you want as long as you got the facts tonight i got a whole lot of stuff to do, to go over uh, we're going to be discussing uh some major topics uh, at least in the nba some college football i'll be recapping y'all you know, what happened in week two uh all the big boys came out to play in week two of course you know the ones like i mentioned before in the acc The Big 12, those guys. So we're going to talk about those big time schools uh, getting into action this weekend. We're also going to talk about week one of the NFL. Uh, But like I said, a little bit of uh, the main three sports tonight, at least my favorite three sports tonight. So let's get right into it, of course, with that NBA uh, update. Mostly some news here. The biggest news uh, going on at the moment outside, of course, of everything going on with the playoffs. Is of course, we all know about Giannis and the Bucks getting eliminated last week from the playoffs. Uh, the big question is really what's going to happen. Apparently, last weekend he decided to unfollow many teammates and also the, the Milwaukee organization on social media. So uh, he met with them also that same day. Now, of course, he's eligible for the Supermax Ex, Super extension worth over 254 million dollars for five years uh so the thing about it is he can sign now uh, if he would like to or he can wait until after his final season plays out and then he can decide what he wants to do in terms of either staying with milwaukee or becoming a free agent if milwaukee so the point is if milwaukee can get him signed uh you know now uh, they don't have to worry about it later Uh, if he doesn't sign now I think if he waits until next season, I'm not gonna say that there's an outright chance that he leaves, but I definitely think it's it's been on his mind. It, it would have been on his mind if he doesn't want to resign and decides he'll wait till next year to deal with it. I think he'll be at least contemplating it. He'll be, you know, looking at his options. I definitely believe um, that that is the case. Now he says, well, after Game Five uh, when they were eliminated by the Heat, he went on to say that. He does not plan on being traded. He does not want to force a trade. Uh, He went on to say, this is his quote, some see a wall and go in another direction. I plow through it. We just have to get better as a team individually and get right back at it next season. Now, again, you can obviously tell that that doesn't necessarily match up with his actions because he turned around maybe a few days later and was, you know, unfollowing the team and then following his, or well, unfollowing the, yeah, the actual team, and then also uh, the staff, that means it's staff and stuff like that, but actual, you know, players, his teammates. So, again, I don't know what to make of all that. Uh, apparently, uh, I've come across uh, some articles talking about how the, how Milwaukee wants to bring in the best quality players that they can get, and they are willing to go into the luxury task. For those of you are not uh, privy to what that is, um, you know, I can't really explain it myself. It's, it's all it's all business. But again, it will cost. I mean, they what basically what they're saying is they're willing to spend whatever it takes to keep him happy. So we'll see what happens. Um, again, his quote says one thing, and you know that's what his word is. But again, his actions, of course, we've seen that it's a little bit different. So um, does he sign anytime soon? No. I don't think so. Does he, does he? Is there a chance that he signs at some point during this off season? It's possible. Uh, all depending on who their pl- who what Milwaukee's plan is. If they're able to bring in something right away, or at least have an idea of something to bring in right away. Uh, otherwise, I think he takes his time. Possibly even waits until next year. Uh, does he dip? I think there's a sixty percent sixty percent chance that he does already with. The unfollowing of teammates in the and the staff, I think that's kind of, in my opinion, at least he's open to what can go down. Uh, so again, uh, he he's still in the contract. It's not like his contract has you know ended now. Uh, the only thing, that, I mean, and and I, I, so in all honesty, the only thing um, that he can probably get you know Milwaukee to do outside of trade him would be to get him the best roster possible by the time he's gone. Uh, so again, so we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll, I'll be monitoring this. I'm, you know, I'm pretty sure, uh, people can be monitoring to monitoring this on their own too, because this is a very interesting situation because he's, you know, definitely a star. Uh, he's one of those stars that come up in the last few years, you know, in the same, you know, era as Steph and those guys, um, KD, a little bit after those guys, but still. So it'll be interesting to see if he makes that move like KD. Does he jump? Does he jump like LeBron? Does he stay? Um, like Kobe, do they allow? Does he allow the organization to bring in some players? You know, really do that for him. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, moving on, the other biggest update uh, is going to be Mike D'Antoni. Uh, he decided that he's not going to come back as the Rockets' head coach next season. Um, you know, I, I think the biggest thing is I think the reasoning why. I think he probably could have gotten fired. I think he took the way of I'll go out on my own sword instead of having you guys fire me. I think that was probably the case um, because I think this this team has really reached its, you know, crux or its, you know, apex in some sort of way. Is it D'Antoni? Is it is it Russell Westbrook that's holding this team back? Um, who really knows? It could be James Harden himself and his style of play. Nobody's really thought about that either, I don't think. Nobody's brought that that concept up either. But this team obviously cannot get it done against the best of the best. Uh, You need to be getting out the second round of the playoffs. You need to be getting two conference championships. With that type of roster, there's no excuse that uh, that that roster did not reach the Western Conference Finals this season. I'm not saying that they would win it, uh, but they definitely make it. And they should have given whoever they were to face a run for their money uh you have you have too many potential well, you have two potential all-stars uh there's no excuse for why your team's looking like that uh there's so much there was so much props that was given to PJ Tucker and what he did against uh AD but in reality AD got a lot done on PJ Tucker this team has a lot of problems uh this team is older uh of course this team needs some youth this team needs some uh i mean i think it has decent amount of shooting uh and it has some okay defense but i think you need to tweak tweak something there obviously it's not working Uh, when you get to face you know the top teams for for many years it was the warriors that were beating them uh so at least a couple years it was the warriors beating them you know now you have the lakers taking it to them in the second round obviously this team does not have the roster that is conducive to winning you a championship it's just something that's missing and i mean again this team should at least be in the conference championship every year this team should have at least made one finals appearance uh with james harden i mean i know not necessarily this team with russell uh, westbrook when you bring add him to the table of course he was just added this season but uh this houston rockets team even without him has been even closer so that so to have russell westbrook and finish even worse it's not a good sign. You got to get to some quite you got to answer some questions there as far as where we are, f- uh, As far as where we are at in the playoffs, of course, we are at game seven uh, Western Conference Semis Finals of course Clippers and uh, Nuggets uh, this one has gone back and forth. Of course, uh, this one is going to be very interesting I don't have a call in this one It's just been going so I mean it's just been going so back and forth it'll be impossible to make that call for me right now. I've liked the way that Denver has played. Uh, They were outplayed earlier in the series, uh, but Jokic has pretty much asserted that he's the man on his team. I'm not saying that, you know, um, Jamal Murray plays second fiddle to him or anything like that, but they do work in unison. But it just seems to me that uh, Jokic has been doing some major damage. I believe the last game that they had, uh, he had a really good percentage from three, so he's, he's... diversifying his offense for and that's beautiful for a big man but he's really owning i feel owning the floor in some of these games and it's a it's a big factor so if you know jokic comes to play i definitely think denver wins uh you can get you, you can get an x-factor performance with somebody like a michael porter jr and have the icing on the cake the the clippers need to pay attention they're nobody's afraid of them um we already know what you know denver was capable of love last year taking uh my portland trailblazers to seven games uh, who knows what they could have done against the warriors they probably could have maybe could have shocked them uh who knows uh this team might pull off something I-, I would not put it past they're just playing really hard right now and um we'll have to see uh, we'll have to see if you know course playoff p has to come to play Kawhi he has to get his mind right um and it's about them closing the game. They got to be able to close games here. That's what the championships are all about. I, I don't know what it is. Kawhi, I mean, last year with, with Toronto, he was able to close these type of games out. He's not able to do it this year with L.A., and it's a it's a better roster. I, I don't – these type of things really I, I don't get. though. For real, I, it just makes me just think really hard. Uh, But let's move on. We're going to go into some college football. Of course, like I said, a lot of stuff going down this week, and this is week two of the football season. But uh, this is more when, like I said, the big-time schools got a chance to play. All those guys had gang scheduled this this week. So uh, let's take a a brief uh, recap of the big stories, and then I'll go over a few scores real quick. Uh, But the biggest story right now, I'm not too sure why the media and all that, at least mainstream media, is all into this all of a sudden because if you've been watching some YouTube, if you know anything about college football, you've been watching college for anything college football related on YouTube or online, uh, you know a lot of these people online, I guess of course not the mainstream media or whatever. But people have been dis- dis- discussing this team for a while. Florida State—it's um, obvious that they fell uh, fallen off completely. Uh, this was a team that was a you know championship contender a few years ago under Jimbo Fisher. Of course, uh, it was challenging—you know—bunch of ball games uh, under Bobby Bowden. But again, uh, for the past three or four years, like I said, it's just taken a complete nosedive. But again, the national media has been late to finally addressing this. A lot of us have already been talking about this. I've talked about this with many different people, uh, non-Florida State fans, Florida State fans. It's, it's. We've, I mean, it's, it's been a topic. Uh, but the losing trainer is continuing. Down there in Florida Under new head coach Mike Norville The Seminoles were shut down offensively In the second half Going down the conference rival uh, Georgia Tech 16-13 to This is not really surprising Because again, Georgia Tech seems to play the Seminoles Very hard regardless of the situation I believe it was maybe 2015, maybe even 2012 few years, somewhere around that 2013 to 2014 era. Somewhere around there. Uh, Georgia Tech was an unrated team. Uh, they actually beat Florida State Uh, who was highly ranked at the time, I believe, in the top 10, maybe. Similar faction, 16 to 13, completely shut them down offensively. And it was like, I mean, it was almost like deja. It was like, this is a game I've seen before. Uh, Florida State, uh, especially with Georgia Tech every now and again, it'll just come out flat and not really take them seriously for some reason. So, again, like I said, this isn't new to see them lose against this type of team. But, again, with all the struggles that they have, you know, the past few years, we'll get to that in just a second. It's just, again, it's just piling on, and it doesn't make them look that good. Uh, Florida State has lost four straight season openers. Three of them have been at home. Last season, they lost 36-31 to 31 at Boise State. So, again, it's a struggle. And, again, Boise State was probably a game that they were favored in anyway. So, again, not only are these games in which, you know, uh, their local course they had the loss here that they have to take the L, but, again, Usually upsets. These are against teams that they're not supposed to be losing to. Uh, now, this hasn't happened to the program since 1976, back when they were actually trash. Uh, so again, this is again a reflection of this is probably where you're at now. This is. You know y'all trash now <laughs> um just at least for now uh now quarterback james blackman got the start for the seminoles he went 22 of 29 uh he had 198 yards through the air he threw a touchdown but he also threw an interception as well and i think that's kind of been his uh pattern uh since he's been there i think he's been there for at least two to three years uh there's some inaccuracies there he'll throw a couple picks a game at some point maybe one when he won a game almost uh he can throw some touch. he has some talent he can throw some touchdowns but again his issue has always been interceptions and keeping that completion percentage up now florida uh state will only score a touchdown on their first drive um and that was it nothing really else from them of course you had those field goals and everything that's how you got the 13 uh but defensively they gave up 438 yards to the yellow jackets and but they did like i said they did force two interceptions so again they might not be able to stop teams, it looks like, but maybe they can get, you know, turnovers and generate something like that. So maybe that's one positive for the defense. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, now, Georgia Tech is a team that also has issues with three games, with only three games that they won last season. So, again, to lose against another team that's struggling for Florida State, you know, with so many expectations with in a state like Florida uh, where there's so much, you know, at stake, Um, When they're in a power conference like the ACC, it just it does not look good for them. And again, finally, um, the media has come around. I finally hear him saying stuff. But again, this is nothing new. Uh, Florida State, they're going to be in a world of trouble this year. Maybe Uh, hopefully Mike Norville, the new head coach, can turn some things around. But it's already looking like a very. If he start, uh, their record for the past three seasons has been six and seven, four and four in conference play. Uh, they were seventy third in offense, sixty seventh in defense last season, and the season before that they were hundred and thirteenth in offense and ninetieth in defense, finishing. Five and seven overall and three and five in their conference, and that was underhead coach really tagged. Of course, he was removed this offseason. Um, and right before that, you had Jimbo Fisher's last season after he, you know, had some success there. Uh, his last season he finished seven and six, three and five. Uh, and of course, so of course, this is not, I mean, again, this downward trend for Florida State has, has been here. Uh, people just be, I, I guess, because they're Florida State and you know, they are playing a power conference, people don't really jump into them all the way if this was Oregon I mean media would have written them off you I mean it's, it's funny because a team like Oregon uh we've had a few uh years that you know down years we haven't won a Pac-12 title up until last season and stuff like that we've had some beat downs from our our conference rivals and you can hear games where you know the commentary they write us off. While, I mean, we could be winning a game, and you can just because they, they they think so lowly of us. You'll have commentators writing us off as as the game goes along. Oh, there's a chance this team can come back. Oh, the Cougars are doing this right. Blah 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 blah. Or whoever we're playing, and it's just like it's funny because a team like FSU, it's like ah, uh, they suck right now, but they'll get right. Let's not. No, they're trash. They're garbage, <laughs> and um, that's a dumpster fire. Sorry guys. I don't know what to say for y'all. Up next, uh, we have COVID taking a strike in BYU out there in Utah. Uh, They have to cancel next week's game between uh, them and the Army Academy. Uh, The game, again, is being postponed because, again, there was ninth. Actually, I don't know how many. There was no confirmed number of positive tests, uh, but there were some positive tests being found amongst the BYU players. Of course, there could be some false positives. Of course, some positive positives, you know, you know how that goes. Uh, but they're going to have to wrap everything up for this week. Their next game will be September the 26th. In that time, they will just conduct small group workouts. And eventually, they will wait for the word to uh, conduct some full-time activities. So, we'll see what happens with them. Already, you kind of see uh, COVID, you know, kind of taking strikes in this college football. Despite them wanting to do what they wanted to do. Um it's gonna happen if you know it's just the way it is unfortunately um, and the next big story is the Big 12? Um, they made a hub, you know, a big hubbub about playing football this year. About you know how other conferences were being shy about it. They wanted to stake their claim and to be that conference. Uh, this weekend, they took a lot of L's. They they've been talking a lot of stuff with they chest out. They took some big time losses this week. Uh, starting with number 23, Iowa State getting beat down 31 to 14 by Louisiana, who is not even ranked. Quarterback Brock Purdy. Who is on some people's Heisman draft boards? Definitely a highly, highly regarded quarterback. Uh, he would end up going 16 to 35 for just 145 yards and an interception. That's not something a, a number 23 team does against somebody who, even a number again, even a number 23 team, mm, they don't do that against some rank That don't. I mean, it happens, but like that, 31-14, mm, will State. Y'all in for a long season two. Defensively, they would give up over 100 yards on the ground. The biggest issue was the special teams, where they gave up two touchdowns on a punt return and a kick return. So again, they got some real issues there. Kansas would also lose 35. Actually, Kansas State would lose 35 to 35 to 31 to Arkansas State, despite despite the Red Wolves at Arkansas from Arkansas State missing nine starters. Kansas State, y'all trash too. Kansas Jayhawks—they've been trash. So this not isn't necessary an upset, but again, more indicative of just how failure that program. They're just failure. Kansas Jayhawks—they give up their second straight. Uh, they lose a second straight game to Coastal Carolina, who plays in Division One. The final was 38 to 23. After going 20, after getting beat 28-0 by halftime. Again, all bad for Kansas. But like I said before, Kansas has been wallowing in the desk for years so again this this is not necessarily a big upset per i mean yeah especially since you know Coast carolina beat them last year on top of that but again power conference team getting their ass whooped at home it's not a good not a good look And this is one is it, this could have been an upset texas tech needed a last second uh stop on a two-point conversion to get the win over houston baptist university again Another D1 school that they'll never face like that, ever, ever. They're not even supposed to be on the same level. The final score, I believe, would end up being 38-35. to 35. Uh, But Houston Baptist quarterback Bailey Zeppi would uh, lead the Huskies in the Lubbock and rack up 500 and, 567 passing yards and four touchdowns on a major conference f- team. Texas Tech, y'all gonna have a long year as well. Four touchdowns from the man. His main target was wide receiver Josh Stearns, who would have 209 yards in the air on just five receptions. Um, his average yards per catch was 42 yards. Again, he also had two touchdowns. Receivers uh, Jared Stearns, I'm sorry, J- yeah, Jared Oops. Oh man, sorry. I look. i yeah, Jeriff Stearns, excuse me. <laughs> uh, Jeriff Stearns and also Ben Ratliff got a hundred over a hundred yards receiving and uh touchdowns as well. And DJ Dormeus would have 82 receiving yards and a touchdown. Sorry, y'all got mixed up with the names. Texas Tech did get over 200 rushing yards, uh, and they were led by Cedric, sorry, Sir Roderick Thompson, who had 22 carries and 118 yards and two touchdowns. And Taj Bruce would also uh, get, in the touch, get a touchdown from out the backfield. Quarterback Allen Bowman with that 432 pass, 430 pass yards, excuse me, with two touchdowns, uh, but he would also give up an INT. Now, Texas Tech would be outscored 23-14 to 14 in the second half. Again, it could have went either way. I don't want to be the team that loses to a D1 school. That's just me. Uh, of course, the Big 12, it wasn't all bad for the Big 12 of course they got their sacrificial lambs um Oklahoma had a blowout win against Missouri State they Didn't might care about that uh Texas got their little sacrifice win against UTEP uh out there in El Paso so again they you know they didn't do all that bad but nothing to write home about from the Big 12 oh, all bunch of talk that's why they always get blown out in the championship it, or in in ninety, They don't even make it to the championship. They're to get blown out in the playoffs. So let's not even talk about the Big 12 overrated ass. Uh, well, let's get into the scores of the weekend. Some of the top scores over the weekend. Again, there was a lot of action uh, for college football this week. So I'm not going to get into every game. Uh, just a few here. Uh, first big one is Clemson. Uh, you know, big time. know playoff contending team Uh, they start off their uh, season with a win 37 to 13 uh versus wake forest again a conference rival uh for clemson on offense they were led by trevor lawrence uh he would go 22 or 28 for 351 yards he would throw a touch just one touchdown but he have two rushing touchdowns uh travis atn uh usually their leading rusher uh did so the same today well, well Saturday with 102 rushing yards and a touchdown wide receiver Amari Rogers would have five catches for 90 yards and tight end J.C. Chalk would have receiving touchdown as well on defense the Tigers were led by defensive end Miles Murray he would have seven total tackles and two sacks and in defensive end K.J. Henry he'd have four total tackles and a sack as well For uh, Wake Forest, a very difficult game for their quarterback Sam Hartman. He would go 11 to 21 and 182 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Running back Christian Bill Smith would just have 29 yards on the ground. Wide receiver Tyler Morin would have nine catches, 93 yards, and a touchdown. And wide receiver Jakari Robertson. Would have uh, four receptions and 92 yards. On defense, the Demon Deacons were led by defensive backs Zion Keith. He would have 12 total tackles, and linebacker Jacques Williams. He had 10 total tackles. Moving on, you got Appalachian State. Um, they got a win against Charlotte, 35 to 20. For Charlotte, a difficult game for them on offense. Chris Reynolds got the start. He only went 11 of 30 for just 140 yards he would also throw two interceptions as well running back trey harbison would have 87 rushing yards and a touchdown uh we also got robert receiver taylor thompson with two receptions and 62 yards so a very difficult game for the 49ers yes that is their that is their name the 49ers university of charlotte don't get it confused with san francisco That's just the way it is. On defense, Charlotte was led by defensive back Ben DeLuca. He would have 16 total tackles. And linebacker Tyler Murray, he would have 14 total tackles in a sack. For Appalachian State, they're led by quarterback Zach Thomas. He would go 14-21, but 204 yards. He would also throw a touchdown and an interception. Running back Marcus Williams Jr. would have 117 yards on the ground and also a touchdown. Cameron Peoples would have 102 yards receiving and also a touchdown, and Daytrick Harrington... Actually, no, actually, that'll be on the ground. Excuse me, he would have 102 uh, yards on the ground, also a touchdown. Draytrick Harrington would have uh, two two touchdowns and 60 yards rushing. Thomas Ennegan was a leading receiver with five catches, 120 yards, and a touchdown. And on defense, uh, Appalachian State was led by... Uh, Shamar John Charles uh, Defensive back uh, He will go on to have 7 total tackles And linebacker Brendan Harrington would have 4 total tackles And an interception Alright y'all I'm going to move on uh, and I'm going to take a quick break When I come back we're going to go over some football Of course week 1 is in the books We're going to go over Sunday's action Talk a little bit about Thursday as well And then, of course finish it off with uh, Monday Night Football All right, y'all. I'll be right back. All right, y'all. I'm back. Let's talk about the NFL for a little bit. And before we get into the scores, let's break down some news. Uh, we do. I do want. I do want to up you, update you guys on some injuries. I also want to talk about some contract extensions as well, real quick. So let's get right into it. Uh, Alvin Kamar course he had a pretty decent game sunday uh, but he had uh, signed a five-year deal with the new orleans saints worth about 75 million bucks 34 million of that is going to be guaranteed Uh, this pretty much matches up with ezekiel elliott Uh, this does come after four days of uh, kamar missing some practice and there is a source uh, that uh, actually confirms that the saints were open to a trade so there you go with that so he could have been out of here if he didn't want to show up so they wasn't tripping too hard uh, he was a 27, uh, 2017 rookie of the year however on the offensive side uh, now um, he had 428 I'm sorry 4 uh, so he has 2,068 rushing yards so far right now and 38 touchdowns uh, he has also 243 receptions so far in his career which is only sec- a second to Christian McCaffrey um, I'm sorry. He has 2,408 rushing yards. He has 2,408 rushing yards in total. Uh, so again, he's a he's a really decent rusher. He's a good running back. He has hands as well. Um, I guess the thing about him was he wanted to get some more money. He wanted to be paid like Zeke. I think uh, New Orleans thing was you know you was kind of out for the past few years. You wasn't necessarily the top of the game. Uh, you're obviously not as good as Christian McCaffrey, but it looks like they were able to find a number uh, that works for them. So, you'll see Alvin Kamara in, this, in the Saints jersey for a little while longer. Uh, Dalvin Cook also signs a five-year extension with Minnesota. Uh, that is worth $63 million, and that's also a fifty dollars million signing bonus added to that, and there's 208 well uh, uh, over. 28 million dollars guaranteed. Now, last season he was second uh, in yards from scrimmage per game with 118. Uh, he also had, I'm um, uh, uh, sorry, 11, um, 11 over 11 yards of uh, well, 11 yards after the catch per reception. So he was able to get down the field. Uh, he was also um, got a first down over 40 percent of the time. So if you, if you if you either handed it off to him or passing the ball. 40% of the time, he was going to get you a first down last season. Uh, so, again, a very, uh, you know, a very physical running back, but he's capable as well, just like the rest of these guys. A lot of these guys, you know, they can run. Uh, they can they can catch the ball as well. So, again, they want to get paid for all that. Uh, last season, uh, Dalvin Cook accounted for 38 of his team's snaps. So, again, or at least the two, you know, touches. So, uh, the, a lot of the plays were designed for him. So that makes that makes a lot of sense. I probably would have given him about the same money I gave him Al- Alvin Kamara, but that's me. If I'm a GM, uh, if I was his GM, I would give him a little bit more because he is a significant part of my offense. That's just me saying thank you. But that's me. Now some other running backs signed some extensions because a lot a lot of them and that a lot of them excuse me that did. Uh, Joe Mixon of the Cincinnati Bengals signed a four-year, $48 million extension with $10 million guaranteed. You also got Kareem Hunt signed a two-year extension with $13 million, a little bit over $13 million with the Cleveland Browns as well. Off to this injury report, you got Debo Samuel. He's been placed on the IR. Uh, He has lingering issues from his foot fracture he suffered in June. Uh, It has been said that he will return around week four. He was unavailable last week. Uh, against the Cardinals, and they could have used him. Uh, Samuel had 57 yards and uh, 802 yards last year and three touchdowns as a rookie. Uh, The Niners are also facing, uh, they actually faced, well, actually, uh, rookie Brandon A. wasn't able to play last week as well, I don't think, with a hamstring issue. Uh, You also got Jalen, I'm sorry. um, You also got Kendrick Byrne. uh, You also got Jalen Hurd. You also got Dante Pettis missing time as well with, you know, with different injuries. I believe Jalen Hurd will be out for the entire season uh, with his ACL injury. So I don't know what to say about the Niners. Uh, they they could have definitely used those receivers to help them out on Sunday. It didn't look too good for them. Uh, but Josh Norman, he's also been placed on the IR as well. Uh, looks like he will be missing up to three weeks. My thing is i thought the ir was reserved for people who was not ever coming back i don't know why they're putting people on ir that's going to be just back in like three to four weeks that makes no sense but uh josh norman is dealing with some hamstrings uh, issues he suffered in training camp uh he returned uh, a couple weeks ago uh but he was continuing missing time and it would lead up to him uh, being uh, being a no-show well being pulled from the game versus the New York Jets. Uh, he, he did not even suit up in that one. Uh, but let's move on with all the news has been, you know, talked about. We got it. We're good. Uh, let's talk about some of these scores from week one. Let's go for week one finally. Uh, let's talk about uh, Thursday night. Uh, first game on, on tap uh, for week one. We had the Chiefs and the Texans easy game in my opinion for the chiefs 34 to 20 was the final score i believe that the texans had an early uh lead but it didn't make much of a difference just like in the playoff game uh deshaun watson will go start 20 or 32 for 253 yards he would throw for a touchdown and an interception but he would have a a rushing touchdown as well uh david johnson uh not too bad 77 yards on the ground and a touchdown Will Fuller was a leading receiver uh, for the Texans with eight receptions and 112 yards. And tie, uh, sorry, tight end Jordan Atkins would have a receiving touchdown as well. Pat Mahomes would lead the Chiefs 24 32, 211 yards, but three touchdowns. Rookie running back Clyde Edwards. Lair would have 138 yards. I like that. And a touchdown. Sammy Watkins would have seven catches, 82 yards, and a touchdown. Travis Kelsey would do his thing as well. adding six catches, 50 yards, and a touchdown. And Tyreek Hill would also have a receiving touchdown as well on four catches uh defensive on the defensive side of things um for the chiefs they were led of course by time ron matthew would have eight total tackles chris jones on the defensive end spot would have four total tackles and one and a half sacks and uh salarius uh so Jer- uh, yeah i think it would be safety Legereus Sneed, he would have three total tackles and an interception. The Chiefs uh, were all over the place uh, in terms of pressure in the quarterback getting into Deshaun's face. They would end up forcing four sacks. So, again, easy win for the Chiefs. Uh, they were competent on all three levels of defense uh, in terms of offense. You know, Patrick Mahomes, uh, not a, you know, balling out game in terms of yardage. But, again, three scores, that's points. I'll take that. Uh, Claude were to Alaire, the rookie, doing his thing. Um, as far as the Texans on defense, uh, they were led by Zach Cunningham. Like I said, eight total tackles. Uh, Jacob Martin had two total tackles in a sack. Uh, not too much really to write home about about the Texans' performance. Again, they had the early lead. Uh, David Johnson was able to help out with that, but uh, after that, just it was all Chiefs. And um, it's you know I. I I don't want to say the word dynasty per se. We'll have to see how this season goes, but I mean, it looks like they're already firing off on all cylinders already. COVID, no COVID, no preseason. Um, that's just how it again. That's just how it, That's just how it is. Like I said, a very difficult scoring game for the Texans after taking a seven to zero lead. They weren't even able to score again until the fourth quarter. Uh, running back Duke Johnson suffered a sprained ankle and is listed as week to week. And he may even miss week two, so some more bad news for the Texans. Uh, let's move on to the scores from Sunday. Uh, first up, we have the Bills getting it done against the Jets. Uh, Josh Allen leads the way. Uh, he had three total touchdowns, two through the air, uh, I believe. Yes, one on the ground as well. I believe he's coming of age. We'll see. Let's you know, let's not juice him up too hard. Let's see how the season goes. We looked a lot more competent throwing that ball. I I like it. I like it when young quarterbacks and young players. Uh, in the league get right and they start to really improve. That's something I like to see. Uh, Packers, they get it done against their divisional rival The uh, sorry, yes, the Vikings 43-34. Vintage Aaron Rodgers performance, four touchdowns what more do you need to say? Uh, Washington, the football team they beat up on their rivals the Eagles 20-17 to 17. Washington needs, a, needs to come back in the second half, which they do that. They were held by eight sacks. Uh, they had a decent running game as well and um, I think Philly has some issues. That's all I'm gonna say. That's all I'm gonna say. Uh, thirty-eight to thirty-eight to six was the final score against the Ravens and the Browns, and um, it ain't pretty. And I'm gonna tell you one thing: This goes out to Mr. Odell Beckham. I don't care how pretty your light skin she is; she ain't doing all that shit to me. And you could say that maybe he didn't do it or whatever. I think if you, I think. I, this is my opinion Judging by the way that man played With two catches and 26 yards He had a lot on his mind I will tell you that uh, Let's move on Oh, and on top of that Browns can't hang They can't fuck with the big boys They need to go on home and make commercials Yeah And uh, maybe just make your commercials Play a little football Go home And stop getting into bullshit <laughs> Another Odell Odell joke Sorry Say all that bullshit Um Next up, we have a somewhat of an upset. Again, uh, the Jags they beat the Colts twenty-seven to twenty. I, I, I don't think the Colts. Were, I didn't think the Colts were going to be all that great. I don't know. I just wasn't. I wasn't buying Philip Rivers at this point. Uh, but I have a I, old man River. He just. Keeps getting old. I mean, come on, too late interceptions, bro. Don't I had no time for that, bro? Why did you come out here? You took a job from Jacoby Brissett. Why did? Why did the management there? They're wasting a young quarterback, a young talented quarterback in Jacoby Brissett for this old guy. I, you know, I'm sorry that this is this is a, a, a example of that. I, uh, I'm gonna move on. Um, Jacksonville, Jacksonville's defense rises to the occasion. You know, forcing turnovers. They gave up, uh, you know, Colts had no running game, period. Garner Minshew, three touchdowns. That's all that matters. Fuck it. Fuck it. Uh, let's move on. The Raiders, my Raiders, get it done against the Panthers, 34 to 30. Again, we needed to pull this one off. I'll talk about it. Let's get into it. Raiders on offense, they were led by Derek Carr, who went 22 of 30 for 239 yards. He would throw the uh, throw one touchdown. Josh Jacobs uh, was your leading guy on the ground with nine, 93 yards. And Three touchdowns. Uh, Henry Ruggs, the third, the rookie out of Alabama, three receptions and 53 yards. He was all even receiver, but Nelson Aguilar, the guy who everybody said had no hands, gets the touchdown. Hey, go figure. I will take it on defense. The Raiders were led by Jonathan Abram, he would have t- 12 total tackles, and linebacker Nick Ki- Nick I believe that's how you pronounce it, would have folks, oh, six total tackles. Excuse me. And uh, I let's yeah let's just finish the stats first and I'll tell you how I felt about the game in just a second. On offense for the Panthers that were led by Teddy Bridgewater, he would go twenty-two or thirty-four for two hundred and seventy yards. He would also throw a touchdown as well. Uh, McCaffrey, your boy, uh, doing his thing. Ninety-six yards, two touchdowns. You can't take that away from him. But can you say I believe he had some receptions as well? I don't think he had any touchdowns though. Wide uh, right receiver Robbie Anderson, uh, one hundred and sixty-five yards. No, one hundred and fifteen receiving yards. Excuse me and a touchdown so again i remember he did have that big play uh i think it was a third or fourth quarter pretty decent play by him i'm not surprised by that that's what robbie anderson kind of does on defense the panthers were led by uh linebacker shaq thompson he would have 12 total tackles and safety jeremy uh, chin the rookie out i believe it was southern illinois yeah southern illinois product eight total tackles uh take away from this game uh, i i liked what i saw uh from the raiders offensively three rushing touchdowns we know we i know we can move the chains um now people might have a, a lot to say about uh Derek Carr's performance i'm gonna say no interceptions to that i'm gonna say over 250 passing yards i will give you uh the one touchdown people might knock that uh but i do definitely feel that the panthers just had a really good secondary this week i I'm not too sure everybody's secondary that we're going to face this year is going to be like that. I actually thought Carolina had a really good secondary, and that's what it was. Uh, a lot of plays just, just broken up, uh, just just corners being where they need to be. Uh, coverage was right for them. I think that's a lot of it. And Derek and Carr didn't force anything, so you don't see any exceptions there. So I I, I say it's still a good game. Three, uh, we we had a, we found another way to score, which was on the ground. You can't stop Josh Josh Jacobs, uh, really good. I just want to see more of uh, Rugs and the the other rookie receivers. That's that's my only thing right now. Uh, defensively, yes, uh, we did give up a lot of yards. Uh, we did give up a lot of yards in the secondary. I think that's still going to be our Achilles' heel. Uh, but I did like our added our add-ons uh, at the linebacker spot. Corey Littleton was involved a little bit. Like I said, Key uh, did his thing. And I think our defensive line is really solid as well. We're still going to need some work in the secondary uh, as far as that goes. But really, really good defensive line play, in my opinion. And again, the linebackers that we added in the offseason stepped up. I don't have a problem with this one. I'll take it. For all the drama that we have, a a week one victory is always good, in my opinion, regardless for anybody. So uh, good job to the Raiders. Uh, So let's move on. Oh, we got the Bears beating the Lions. This was a really close game. This one was a really close game here. My key takeaway was Mitch Trubisky. My name is Mitch Trubisky. 240 yards, three touchdowns. They weren't going to stop him. The Lions did try to come back in the end, but rookie running back, DeAndre Swift, dropped the game-winning touchdown uh, in the end zone. Bumbling Lions, that's just the way it is. Uh, when we think about the Detroit Lions, don't think about a regular Lion or the Lion that you would think of on that side of that helmet. Think of the lion from the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, or the Wiz, if you're black. I don't know, but don't think of a regular lion. Don't do it. Uh, the, the Seahawks beat the Falcons 38-25. to 25. I call this one Russ's day out. Uh, again, you be, you've be seen him, you know, past couple of days, past couple of weeks, posing with the wifey and the baby. Nothing wrong. He's just been doing father stuff, you know. He's just been doing daddy stuff. But he got to put his suit on, put his helmet on, and go out and be quarterback Russell Wilson. 31 to 35, over 300 yards passing, full touchdowns. What can you say? I believe his uh, QBR was like 115. Yeah, Russ's day out, definitely. Uh, Dolphins took another L. But I'm not surprised because they're not that good. 11 to 21 up is the Patriots. Again, uh, I believe the Fitz magic is gone. He should retire pretty soon. Uh, Pats make it work. Cam scores three times. Uh course, on the ground. I don't have a problem with it. I think week two, week three, of course, he's going to have to throw it a little bit more, uh, do something uh, with that arm. But uh, again, he didn't turn the ball over, and the team got the win, and he was a part of it. He was the factor behind it. He scored all three touchdowns, so can't take that away from the man. Let's move on. 16-13 was the final score against the Bengals and the Chargers. This one was a dud. Uh, For the Chargers on offense, they were led by Tyrod Taylor, who goes 16-20. I'm uh, oh, sorry, 16-30 to 30 for 208 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Austin Eckler would have 89 yards on the ground. Joshua Kelly would have 60 yards and a touchdown. As far as receiving is concerned, the leading receiver for them was Hunter Henry. Uh, five catches for 73 yards as far as, oh, and defense. Uh, they were led by Casey Hayward, the linebacker. He would have 12 total tackles. And Joey Bosa would have five total tackles in a sack. Uh, for the Bengals, Joe Burrow would go 25-36, not too bad. Only 195 yards. Yeah. Uh, he did have a running touchdown. I don't think he had interceptions. I don't think. Yeah. Oh, he did have an interception. Sorry, he had a, he had an interception. But he did have a running touchdown. He's a rookie. Again, the game was kind of a dud. Not a lot of offense. Joe Mixon just 69 yards. AJ Green five uh, catches for 51 yards. And on defense. Uh, The Bengals were led by Jermaine. Um, His name is Jermaine Pratt. Eight total tackles. And then linebacker Josh Bynes, he would have 11 total tackles. Uh, Pratt would add a sack to that as well. I mean, both teams played solid defense, but no offense really came about. Um, Is it because of defense or is it because of personnel offensively? we'll have to wait till week two for these two guys. Uh, you'll have a chance for the Bengals to play the Browns, which I think they do have a shot in, especially with the way the Browns have played, the Chargers. I'm not too sure who they play against next week, but it'll probably be, it'll definitely be interesting. Uh, and back in the NFC, uh, we had the Cardinals stealing one from the, from the Niners, 24 to 20, the biggest takeaway, of course. well, there's two takeaways, in my opinion. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins have an amazing game. I don't believe he scored in that game. Actually, I think he did. I want to say he did. Uh, Kyle Murray, I believe, only had one touchdown. It had to have been to him, I'm assuming. Uh, I can't remember. I I know I saw the the highlights yesterday. Ah. Uh, But uh, key takeaway is the Niners needed those receivers. Uh, They needed some more offense. That's it. The running backs were there. Uh, I believe it was uh, McKinney coming back from injury, making a couple big plays. I know made one big touchdown run. You know, I, they needed some receivers. That's that's all I can really say. That's their biggest thing. Uh, let's move on. Uh, let's move on to the Buccaneers and the Saints. This was an interesting matchup for me of the week. Uh, let's just break this one down for the Buccaneers on the offense. Of course, Tom Brady. Who would have thought they'd ever say this? I never thought I'd say this. Uh, not in these circumstances. Not after a 20-year career. I mean, who knows? I mean, he could have got... Let's say he wasn't as raw as he was and got traded. That could have happened, but this but after a twenty year career with one team to turn around and say, Oh wow, Buccaneers. Okay, anyways, Tom Brady would go twenty three or twenty six. Sorry, twenty three or thirty six for two hundred and thirty nine yards. Uh he would have two touchdowns, two interceptions, which Bruce Arians did not like. Oh well. Uh he would have a rushing touchdown as well. Again, uh Saints have a good defense. Uh did he make some bad did he make a couple bad throws on those interceptions? I gotta think about on him. Think about him. And I think it was mostly Saints defense on those two interceptions, and maybe he is getting a little bit older. But he had a rushing touchdown. I don't know, man. He's he's doing what he could do. I mean, this he's playing up against the Saints. The Saints are the 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 leaders of this division. So it wasn't like it was gonna be, you know, a gimme win. I will tell you this. Uh, let's move on to finish the, the, the stats real quick, and I will tell you some more thoughts about this, though. Ronald Jones would have 60, 66 yards on the ground. Chris, Chris Guy would would, would would do his thing. He would have six catches, 78 yards. O.J. Howard and Mike Evans would have uh, receiving touchdowns. Mike uh, Evans would not even have that many yards, though. Just a very off game for him. Uh, as far as defense is concerned, uh, the Bucs were led by Levante David. He, had a, he would have 11 total tackles. And linebacker Devin White would have 11 total tackles as well. Uh, for the Saints on offensive course, Drew Brees led them 18-30, 160 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, running back Latavius Murray would have 48 rushing yards. Alvin Kamara would have a rushing touchdown. He also had five receptions and a touchdown uh, with 50, 51 yards to add to that. And Emmanuel Sanders would have a receiving touchdown. Uh, as far as defense as, is concerned, the Saints were led by defensive back Chauncey Gardner and defensive back Janoris Jenkins. Gardner would have 11 total tackles, and Jenkins would have nine total tackles and an in interception. Uh, I I personally think that I don't think the Saints are going to sweep this series, though. I think you know they got the the win in this game, but I think there's a lot that Tom is going to learn from this. Uh, there were some good things to highlight from the Saints. I mean from the from the from the bucks as well. They had a, I mean again Tom didn't do that bad He had a couple of interceptions. He was able to throw the ball a little bit around the field uh, They definitely need more running game to help them out next time. Uh, of course uh, Mike Evans is gonna have to have a better game. I think he'll be able to do that second week the second time around I I, I personally think that the Saints don't sweep this series this year. If They do then hey, I'm wrong. I'll eat some crow on that. But I, I think the Bucks will get the next one. I, th- I think they'll learn a lot come come later on in the year. Uh, but let's move on. Uh, let's talk about the the final game of the night of Sunday night. At least uh, you had the Cowboys. Uh, sorry, the Rams getting the win against the Cowboys. Last second win. Um, another dud here. I mean, Jared Goff throws an interception. Uh, again, I'm not excited by the way he plays. Thank God they have Malcolm Brown getting him a t- couple touchdowns. I'm really not excited by Jared Goff. I think he's falling off. I, I think this might be his. if I'm a coach, if I'm his coach, if I'm McVay right now. I'm looking at I'm looking at this year's draft like who can I get? I know I'm not going to be you know f- unless we end up sucking this year and not winning maybe just one game or something. We're not going to get Trevor Lawrence, but can we find some type of death and, some, and at some point in the draft, uh, maybe a second-round pick, somebody that can at least challenge him in, in training camp? Can we find somebody in uh, free agency? Because Jared Goff is not going to take this team anywhere. I, 2016 or whatever year they went, was it 2018 when they went to the to Super Bowl? Uh, I don't think that's that – was, that was a fluke almost. It almost seemed like it was a fluke thing because this team right here I especially at the quarterback position, Jared Goff, dude trash, he's trash I'm sorry, uh let's move on to Monday night, of course we got a couple games tonight uh we're going to talk about uh, the inter-conference action between the Steelers and the Giants, I want to break down the stance in this one for the Steelers, they were led by Ben Roeth- Roethlisberger our offense, he would go 21-32 for 229 yards, he would have 3 touchdowns uh through the air. Uh Benny Snell Jr., the rookie out of Kentucky would have 113 yards on the ground. Juju Smith Schuster uh would have six catches for 69 yards and two touchdowns. And the backup receiver James Washington would have two two receiving so actually uh yeah two receiving touchdowns or I'm sorry just the one sorry take that off for defense uh the the Steelers were led by safety Terrell Edmonds he would have nine total tackles Linebacker Vince Williams and defensive back Mike Hilton would have five total tackles, five total tackles and a sack each. Uh so again, good defense from the Steelers. They were able to get after just get after it uh all day on the Giants. Forced uh, Daniel Jones into a couple bad throws. He would go 26 and 41 overall for 279 yards. He would throw two really good touchdown passes, but the interceptions I feel were definitely being caused by Pittsburgh's Pittsburgh's uh, pressure on him. Uh, Other than that, uh, he really had a decent game. Just like I said, those unfortunate instances in which the O line just could not help him out, and he just just threw something up in the air, and it can't do that. wide receiver Darius Slayton would have six total catches and 102 yards and two touchdowns and on defense uh the Giants were led by Blake Martinez he would have 12 total tackles and also defensive man Leonard Williams he would have five total tackles and a sack a couple of takeaways uh the Pittsburgh like I said first versus, versus some turnovers that day versus turnovers yesterday I'm sorry it would be technically yesterday by the time you're listening to it probably uh they forced some sacks as well uh so pittsburgh was just all over the place honestly they were up in daniel jones's face uh having them you know running all over it, falling over himself uh running out of the pocket uh trying to make things happen with his legs and again you know Forcing somebody to throw under rest like that, it just creates turnovers. And it wasn't uh, It wasn't like New York was helped either because it was mostly they were relegated to just their passing game. They were one-dimensional. Saquon Barkley was just held to six yards on 15 carries. Uh, so not good at all. Uh, but the thing about it is the Steelers just have good defense. That's always going to be the case. With that being said, um, I do think the Giants have a better shot at the Eagles. I don't think the Eagles have a good a, good, good of a defense as the Steelers. I think the Giants can still be a team like uh, the Eagles. I still think the team like the Eagles got issues. I think, um, I I just, you know, Saquon Barkley again, he had a very rough night tonight, but I think that's all on Pittsburgh, just being who they are defensively. They've always been a great defensive team. I think if Washington can run over, could can run over, uh, Philly, then I think Saquon Barkley can. So, uh, I wouldn't take too much, uh, I wouldn't be too down about this Giants fans I get it uh it is an opening season loss uh it is on primetime tv but I think your quarterback looks pretty decent I think if your running back showed up today you might have a little bit else going on as well uh you're I mean you're deep defensively you got some work to do in terms of your secondary I'll tell you that but again Ben Roethlisberger is who he is Juju Smith is a pretty decent receiver Again, I, I still think you guys would have a better shot against the Eagles and teams in your own division. So, Giants, don't take it too harshly. I, I think you guys are just, you know, just one of those nights, nice, And Pittsburgh is just a really good defense. Moving on, final game of the night, final game of the week. Uh, we have the the Titans pulling off a two-point last-second win, field goal win, uh, against uh, the Denver Broncos, 16-14. to 14. Not much to say about this one as well. I will tell you this: Ryan Tannehill did throw for two touchdowns. So uh, again, he, yeah, he's definitely a comeback player, uh, he, uh, man. Because in a situation like this, you know, with the pressure again, it, even if it being week one, uh, there is some pressure come probably coming into a game like this, especially when it going when it's going down to the wire like that. Uh, so I give uh, Ryan Tannehill a whole lot of props for pulling that off. I think a younger version of him, maybe two, three years ago, probably wouldn't have gotten that game. Uh, You had Derrick Henry going over 100 yards. Uh, Pretty good defensive play uh, from both sides. You had some turnovers being uh, made. Uh, You had some sacks and some quarterback pressure. Uh, Not too much to say about what the Broncos did offensively, though. I think Noah Fant probably was a leading receiver. Can't remember too much about what the rookie Jerry Judy did. Don't think he did a whole lot. Drew Locke did not look that good in my opinion either. Uh, so again, uh, Broncos we have some work to do. Uh, again, maybe it might just be who they were playing defensively. Just, just a matchup. Uh, Tennessee has a very decent defense, especially in the secondary. They had that back there. They had Byard back there. They did lose Logan Ryan, but they have some pretty decent corners back there. Uh, they have a pretty def- Decent defensive line. Uh, so did Denver. Jarrell uh, Casey made a couple plays. He swatted a couple passes down at the line of scrimmage. Both teams had pretty good defenses. Uh, the question really is going to be, um, what is. What is going to be Denver's way to score? Like, how, what is going to be their bread and brother, butter? I uh, didn't really see a run game. Uh, again, Drew Locke was a little bit inconsistent, so I don't know what to get. At least with, you know, Tennessee, they didn't have extremely, you know, big play, big time plays, or just extremely efficient offense. it scored a lot of points, but uh, th- again, Tannehill did his thing. He had two touchdown passes, and then, of course, uh, Derrick Henry got over 100 yards. What can you say about that? All right, y'all. I'm gonna call it a wrap for today. Uh, my next episode, at least on the podcast, I will be going over the MLB. Uh, gonna be bringing us up to speed there, talking about the standings, the most recent scores. There's some news there. Of course, we have Game Seven of the NBA. Sorry, I was gonna say the finals, but uh, the Western Conference semifinals tomorrow between the Clippers and the uh, the Nuggets. So we should be, I should be able to get to that tomorrow as well. Uh, as far as youtube what i got going on over there i'm i'm working on my review of uh the godfather and uh, the mafia series so we're going to be comparing and contrasting that so be ready for that uh yeah i'm also going to be having some more football content going to be going over uh some more week one stuff i probably won't have i probably won't be coming out with my power rankings my top seven power rankings until week two uh but i will be maybe even week three but i will have some more uh highlights from week one i do want to go over my top players of the week especially with the rookies there's a couple more things thoughts about week one as well all right y'all i'm gonna call it a wrap for tonight uh good night good night night, you guys i'm falling i'm kind of falling asleep i had work earlier so let me get on out of here all right y'all i'll talk to y'all later good night love y'all peace out